You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writer and director for Flea, Jonas Poher Rasmussen. Po, lille bit smule længere op. Bare lidt. Så hvis du ligesom lukker øjnene nu. Ja. Og prøver at trække vejret sådan dybt ind. Hvad betyder ordet hjem for dig? Hjem er noget, som er trygt. Kabul, les attaques des Mujahideen repris. Har du nogensinde fortalt din livshistorie før? Nej. Vi skal ud. Det er nu. Du nærmer ikke din indjaboshi. Det er dårligt som medier, at min bror han bliver tilbage. Vi flygtede med menneskesmuldene. Bajekale! Det værste mennesker i mit liv. Har du fortalt Kasper nogle af de her historier overhovedet? Nej. Det tager tid at stå det på folk. Det går rundt. Og tænk tilbage. Så det er min fortid, og det er jeg kan ikke flygte fra det, og jeg har heller ikke lyst. Jeg kan mærke, at der skal ske noget. Her starter jo min historie. Alright. Jonas, man. Yes. <laughs> Gotham winner for documentary. How you doing? Yeah, well, pretty good. It was a great night last night. Yes, it was. Yes, it yeah. was. I remember I remember specifically coming up to you at uh, Critics' Choice and telling you, don't worry, this is not the one that you wanted to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. All right, well, hey, listen, I'm very, very excited to be doing this with you. Um, I saw your film at its world premiere at Sundance, uh, actually on a recommendation from a friend. He was telling me this movie's got some interesting buzz, there's some high-profile producers behind it and people advocating for it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot and see what happens. Man, here we are, end of the year. This film is still firmly in my top 10 of the year as one of the best films I've seen. So credit to you for creating this really powerful moving experience. Well, thank you so much. Amazing. Absolutely. So the first thing I want to start off by asking here is I understand that animation, documentary filmmaking can take a severely long time. Uh, from the day that you first have the idea to the time that it makes its way to the screen. So can you talk a little bit about making a film in this format? I understand why specifically for this format, this story was uh, chosen to be told this way to protect uh, Amin. But um, can you just talk to me a little bit about like the experience of making a film in both animation and documentary? Yes. You know, this is this is my first animated film. So it was mm -hmm. a quite steep learning curve for me to, you know, Uh, learn the process of making animation and 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 the craft. Um, so um, it took a long time to make the film. I the first email I wrote my producer about the uh, about the project it was in 2013, and and then eight years later the film was done. So you know, it just it just takes time. But you know, it's also because of the, of the format of animated documentaries because animation is so expensive and there's not a lot of money in the documentary world at least in europe it's, it's getting better now but but back when we started there's a, there wasn't a lot of money so just to fund it was really difficult because no one in the, in the documentary world believed that we could raise the amount of money we needed to do the film mm -hmm. 
So it took a long time. It took years to find the money, um, but which was actually pretty good for us or for me uh, because uh, I had to learn how to do this. And and we uh, teamed up with this uh, animation studio in, in Denmark called Sun Creature Studio. Um, and I teamed up with the art director and animation director there. And slowly, you know, I started to learn the craft and how to work in animation. Um, and at the same time, it was really helpful because Amin also needed time to slowly, you know, open up yeah. the story. It, it it took time for him. Like he hadn't told his story before, mm-hmm. and he had kept it a secret for more than twenty years. So to to give him time to slowly kind of figure out, okay, now I'm ready to do this. I'm gonna open up slowly and go deeper and deeper into these memories. Uh, in the end, I think the process, the, the many years, was actually really helpful for the film in, in all. Nice. Um, the process of doing the animation, uh, but I assume I'm gonna I'm gonna assume here. You shot it as a documentary first, live action, and then translated that over to animation because some of the shots in this are very grounded within reality. And then when Amin tells his story, there are some variations in the animation to make it more fantastical and give it a lot of um, uh, style, if you will. So can you talk a little bit about the decision to have some of it based more within reality and then what liberties you took with the animation to heighten the storytelling. Yes. So um, all the interviews I, I shot on video mm-hmm. and all everything that takes place in, in, the, in the present was I, I shot on video and we used that as a reference for the animator. So the animation director would have access to the video footage and could, you know, take detail from the video footage and put it in the animation so it felt authentic. And uh, authenticity was really like a key word in the work with this. Um, we really wanted it to feel real. We, we wanted to make sure that people, it, it, it should feel like, you know, you have this testimony underneath animation and, 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 and you should feel that authenticity in the visual style of the film as well. Uh, so it was really a process of, of finding a visual style that, that, that felt authentic. Um, and we spent a lot of time, you know, finding archival footage and a lot of it is in the film. Uh, and a lot of it we just kind of used for research and we, we took elements from archival footage and just drew, drew it and, and put it into the animation. So it felt like um, the animation and the archive came from the same world. Um, so we have these different kinds of animation in the film. There's one that's 2D, very, uh, you know, realistic to what things look like, uh, trying to be very kind of authentic to what Afghanistan looked like in the 80s, Moscow in the 90s. Um, and then there's this other style that's more uh, expressive and uh, surreal. And, and that's really, again, it really came from his voice. You know, you could kind of tell when he started to talk about something that was really difficult to talk about, when he could kind of dive into the traumas or things he had a hard time remembering um and i thought okay but we need to see this change you know what you hear in his voice you need to see that individual style as well so we invented this more graphical surreal uh, animation style that kind of aimed for being more honest toward his emotion like really diving into now he he is angry or now he is afraid or now he is sad and just instead of trying to be realistic about what things look like all the time. Sometimes it was more about just being honest to his emotion. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, so those were the two styles of animation we, we worked with in, in the film. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming up on 5 Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. There is a lot of variations here in terms of there's uh, archival footage that's used, a documentary, the animation, everything that we talked about, but also too, in terms of the roller coaster of emotions that one experiences while watching Flea, there are moments of uh, terror, there are moments of joy and elation. So it really takes you through uh, this full journey that this character is going on. And uh, one of the highlights of that is. Uh, uh, the usage of the song Take On Me by AHA in this. It's just like such an expression of pure joy and uplifting feeling that I get when I watch this movie. I understand how hard it can be to get rights for music, especially in uh, a format such as this with limited resources at, at your disposal. Can you talk about like getting the music rights to use that song and why specifically you wanted to use that song in the movie? Well, you know, one of the first interviews I did with him, I mean, uh, he mentioned that he had this Walkman, this pink Walkman that he was given by one of his, one of his sisters. Mm-hmm. And I then asked him, like, but what kind of music did, did you listen to? And, you know, up to my surprise, he was listening to the same kind of pop songs I listened to in my childhood. Like, so it was Aha, it was Roxette, it was Madonna, it was yep. Whitney Houston. So all these songs, I thought, okay, this that, that, that was a surprise to me. So I thought, okay, but that's going to be a surprise for everyone that we arrive in Afghanistan, we arrive in Kabul to the sounds of Aha instead of, you know, mm-hmm. some Afghan instrument. Um, and I really wanted to have that in there. But yes, it was, you know... It is a big song, so it, it took a while, and it, it, of course, it costs some money. But actually, most of the bands were really helpful and really uh, engaging, and 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 didn't ask for an enormous amount of money. I, I think they could see this is a documentary. This is not a big blockbuster film, mm-hmm. um, so they, they they wanted to support that. So so it was, you know, just luckily, you know, a lot of the music in the film, Roxette, Aha, mm-hmm. Ace of Base, all Scandinavian bands yeah so so the tricky one was actually daft punk oh okay which we have in the end of the film um and you know daft punk own their own rights so you actually need to get a hold of daft punk and <laughs> and and how do you do that yeah and i kind of <laughs> and 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 you know i i spent i like from the very first time i mean told me the story uh of going to uh I don't want to spoil too much, but but by the end of the film, he's at, at this place where there's it's like a like a there's a party going on, and I want from he the minute he he, he told me about it, I, I thought about this Daft Punk song that has this melancholy to it, but also is kind of upbeat, uh, and I thought okay, I, I want this song, and from there it took three years to actually get a hold of Daft Punk, and wow. at, and at the end actually my my producer said. It gave me a date and say, if you don't have 
the right for the song at this date, we need to do something else. So I just, you know, spammed the management for months. And then two weeks before that date came, I got an email from Daft Punk saying oh. that they, they saw the clip and, and we could use it and for almost no money. Um, and they loved it. So it was such a, such a big relief. You're talking about how uh, all these people are willing to sign on to this project and lend their music or uh, lend their names. Uh, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, Riz Ahmed being executive producers on this film. What do you think it is about the story of Amin that is touching people and moving people and is striking a chord here with audiences who have seen the film? Um, I think it's a very relatable story because, you know, yes, it's it's called Flea. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is a story about a refugee. It is a story about a flight from Afghanistan to Denmark. But it's even more so a story about finding, you know, uh, a place in the world where you can be who you are with everything that entails. And I think that's something most people can relate to. You know, Amin had to flee himself all of his life. When he was a young gay Afghan boy in Afghanistan, he couldn't be openly gay, so he had to hide that. And then he arrived in Denmark and he was forced to hide his past to and, and so he's always had to you know uh, hide parts of, of, of himself um and 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 it's really a story about finding a place in the world where he can be who he is with his past with his sexuality and everything else um and i think it's something people can relate to i think most people at some point in life go through a, a period where they kind of look for that place look for that place where you feel at home mm-hmm what was Amin's reaction to the final version of the film when he saw it for the first time? Um, the very first time he saw the film, he was very emotional about it. Uh, but he also said that he didn't know if it was because it was a good film. You know, <laughs> no, you know, it, it's it's his story on screen. So mm-hmm. he was kind of, um, I, 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 I'm very touched by this, but I'm not sure if it's a good film. So it meant a lot to him when the film premiered at Sundance where you saw it and, and, and to see the reception and see that the story really resonated with people, it meant a great deal to him. I, I love hearing that, and that's uh, that's really, really nice. The score in this movie is also uh, very instrumental, in no pun intended, in uh, eliciting the emotions uh, out of the story and taking the audience along uh, this journey. So it's not just these songs that you had to get the rights for, but also you have this uh, background score provided by, and I hope I'm not butchering this, uh, Uno uh, Helmerson. And I, I think it's absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, evocative. Uh, can you talk a bit about the collaborative uh, process that you had with Uno there? Yeah. No, but uh, Uno is just an amazing composer. And it was really about, you know, going through every kind of uh, sequence where we needed music and really discuss what's going on here and how can we amplify that with music. So, for example, there's this sequence um, where Amin is fleeing Kabul, where Amin and his family is fleeing Kabul. And Uno kind of did this kind of pushing movement with like there's these strings that has this kind of wave, like um, kind of sound. And then on top of that, you have this very thin violin mm-hmm. and that very thin violin kind of represents Amin, you know, and then you have this kind of pushing feeling as well of, of, of him getting pushed out of the country. Uh, so I think in every kind of part of, of, of the score, we went through uh, a, a, a talk about what's going on here and how can we amplify that with the music, with the score. So, um, but, but Uno is just a very, very creative uh, soul and, and uh, amazingly talented. Yeah. One of the questions that the movie asks, and you're talking about about how it's a universal story and how it touches people. Um, the question is, what does home mean to you? So I want to know, Jonas, what does home mean to you? Um, you know, I'm very 
aligned with them in here. Like it's it's a mm -hmm. safe, it's, it's a place where you feel safe. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, it's a place where you feel safe uh, and where you are able to stay. So and 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 you know, making this film, uh, I grew up very privileged. I grew up in a place where I grew up very safe. Mm -hmm. But making this film really made me, yeah, really made me happy about like having a home, having a place for me and my family where, where, yeah, it just made me appreciate my, my home a lot more. Yeah. The film has been selected as the Danish entry for this year's Academy Awards for Best International Feature. It also can contend for animated feature, documentary, even maybe Best Picture of the Year, because I think it is one of the best films. I know many people I speak to also feel the same way. Can you talk a bit about what just honestly from the time that the film released, here we are nearly a year later, you're still doing press for this movie, going around to award shows, film festivals, working with Neon. Can you encapsulate what the last year of your life has been like no but it's 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 just been crazy you know it, it's just <laughs> become a lot bigger than i had ever imagined you know like working on an animated dark like it, it is kind of a niche project you know mm -hmm. so to all of a sudden to see it mentioned in all those categories is just bonkers you know to me it's really it's really crazy and but it, I'm, I'm enjoying every step of it and and just and just I just appreciate all the work people are doing to push this film, and 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 it's amazing when you work so hard on something for so many years uh, to see that it actually gets an audience and out in the world. It's just very, yeah, I'm, it's wonderful. That's fantastic. And then a question that we love to end with here on the next Best Picture podcast is, what is next? So, is it more animation, documentary, live feature? What what is next for Jonas over here? Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, I, I'm trying to to look at new projects, but all of this is a little distracting. So of I'm, course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I'm kind of open. You know, to me, it's really the story, and 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 if it makes sense to make another animated documentary, yeah, I'm I'm totally open for that. Like it was a very, I, I really enjoyed the process of of, of making of, of making Flea. If there is a wonderful doc coming my way, I'm I'm open to that for that as well. So so I'm I'm really, I, I have few ideas but they're too fresh to kind of really put out there i have i actually have an animated project i'm i'm writing on right now but it's it's very fresh still well whatever it is you end up doing if the storytelling here is any indication i mean i'm sure we're all going to be waiting with great anticipation for it jonas thank you so so much for taking the time here today to chat with me about this incredible film it is coming out in theaters finally on December 3rd for the world to see from Neon. And just once again, man, congratulations on everything. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right. You have a nice rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer and director for Flea, Jonas Poher Rasmussen here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Flea is currently playing in theaters from Neon. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.